3: Hugh Syme, a world-renowned graphic artist with the biggest names in music and the corporate world. Andy Wilson, an award-winning marketing and public relations executive with over 20 years of combined multi-level entertainment industry experience in the music and sports business. Now let's buzz. Hello and
4: welcome to the Music Buzz Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andy Wilson, along with Dane Clark. Hey, Dane. Hi, Andy. How are you today? I'm good. And also Hugh Syme. Hey, Hugh. Hello, Andrew. Good to see both of you guys, as always. It's nice to hear you again. Likewise. Few American artists have concocted such a deliciously wild, artistic and musical gumbo as the louisiana Rays, New York and California-tested Van Dyke Parks. Parks, his first paid gig after dropping out of college and relocating to L.A., was arranging The Bare Necessities for the 1967 film The Jungle Book. Arranger, songwriter, musician, actor, and producer has performed and worked with everyone from the Mothers of Invention to Skrillex to U2, The Birds, Silver Chair, and multiple collaborations uh, with Brian Wilson as well. Parks' work has been featured on hundreds of records and various film and TV soundtracks. We are so thrilled to have you here today with us, and uh, so please welcome to the Music Buzz podcast, Van Dyke Parks. Well, it's an honor to be with you, and I've I've noticed that the the things that you
0: do in your your, the pods you cast—it shows a great deal of uh, 360 degrees of of uh, mutual empowerment. You've got a lot of people in your life as well, <laughs> and it seems to me if you put them all in one room, it might explode. <laughs> that, that's kind of the way I feel. I feel like I'm at a Betty Betty Boop cartoon here. Um, <laughs> Frank Zappa and Skrillex and You Too and Enormous, eno- fabulous! Eliza Carthy was one of the greatest musicians that I met. That that uh, my favorite uh, British uh, uh, singers or or guitarists are uh, Martin Carthy, his daughter Eliza, and Norma Waters. imagine that I got to connect with British roots music because. <coughs> In fact, I'm am 78, so I'm kind of a distillate of those careless youths that I've enjoyed all the different projects that have been a focus of my interest, <clears throat> and that, a lot of that has to do with Caribiana. Of course, we remember I got out of the box. I got out of the box with my interest in Calypso, but uh, yeah. that was in '71. I was a brunette at the time. And But I enjoyed the experience, the the refreshment that that offered. And I think that Getty's right. I think it would be terribly boring to, to just speak our own language. And I confess, I don't speak Spanish. I learn lyrics and I learn what lyrics mean. But in truth, when I hear music crafted well by a tunesmith of such stature, uh, say, as Paolo Conti, my favorite pop musician, let's call him a pop musician. Paolo, C O N T E. His Reveries album on Nonsuch is something not to be forgotten. It is to me, and I don't mean that Bob Dylan needs step aside, but just this is a great equalizer. His name is Paolo Conti. Now, when I hear an artist like that, and I don't understand the language, when I hear somebody like Maratza or Cesaria Avora of those blues from the, uh, the uh, Fado, it's called, uh, not Azores, what the island is off of Africa. It's amazing Cape Verde islands. But the, the thing is, I don't have to understand the articulation of the lyrics to know whether I agree with these people. Right. And I find when i find simpatico lyrics when they found when they sound simpatico and they're not coming at me too hard then i i'm digging it
5: yeah sure and that's what i'm doing now you see as a wordsmith yourself and someone who obviously loves the language sometimes a phonetic is enough to make you feel an emotional response without necessarily always understanding you know the 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 syntax or the or the meaning of the words. I mean table vegel vegil, come on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well I'm able, I will table it.
5: <laughs> yeah. If that wasn't a professional stammer, I don't know what was. A timeless stammer though, and a memorable <laughs> one. My brother designed a t shirt with a half eaten carrot and wrote the words to because we were huge, huge uh, Beach Boy and Van Dyke Park fans when we were living in England at the time. Yeah, it was it was a, a treat to hear that music for the first time. You spoke earlier about jumping genres and so on. You you probably are the premier person for doing that. You know, the Beatles are talked about with with respect to you know, When I'm Sixty Four and George Formby and people like that. But every time I start a song by you, it's just I think I know where it's going, and then you just tilt the mirror and you keep tilting the mirror, and it's oh. it's an
0: well, well, I work very, I work, I work hard at it. And in fact. You know, yeah. I think that there are more rabbits and more hats. There, are, There's more time to think about songwriting. And I intend uh, as soon as I finish what I think will be a beautiful album length project with the uh, Veronica Valerio. And this this, I turned left at Los Angeles, went south to Veracruz. I had been there in 1962. I was uh 20 years old, I went down there in my Volkswagen Beetle uh, with my brother, who was seven years my senior. We went down to Veracruz. I wanted a harp. And we went down to Veracruz, and we got a harp for me. And that harp, and we strapped it on the top of that Volkswagen and drove it back to Los Angeles. And I played it in coffee houses adequately. Wow. I could play it uh, serviceably and sing the song, and I would play things. I would play those loops in this thing called um, Harocho music. When I got to California, I thought, just pre-Gold Rush. Damn it! This sounds. Um, I feel like I'm in Mexico now, uh, and this now, I see that I am.
1: Yeah, yeah. So your your ear was attuned to that all the way back then.
0: Oh, <laughs> no nice. matter how can you miss it?
1: Well, you have to hear it
0: first. I know truly. To feel that, uh, to finally reconcile the fact, and this has to do with people who pick apples in Galax, Virginia. Apples. People come from uh, Central America. The isthmus between the gizmos and and the banana republics that we left behind and now we're paying for it. Mm -hmm. This is the browning of America. And to me, this is not a huge, this, this is not. This is not what was required of Jonas Salk, who actually gave his polio vaccine to humanity without charging a dime. That's Jonas Salk, and that's the ethics of a real uh, inquiring spirit. So now, now we've got, we 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 got this thing called multiculturalism, and we need to we need to to face it. Uh, this this is a a congenial social challenge. And we need to invent what multiculturalism is because that we're here now.
5: Yeah. And the planet is getting smaller too. Yeah.
0: That impresses me uh, greatly because at every ATM, I'm asked whether I would like my transaction to be in English or Spanish. So let's just Mm. face facts, folks.
5: Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's
0: time to get out of the hall of mirrors and kind of see what's out there and see if we want to assimilate it into our own language or behavior or attitude. You know, and so I just happened to end up at the bottom of Mexico, and guess what's there in within the trees, the ghosts within the trees, a pre-columbian culture. yeah one, listen here, one that preceded the the Egyptians by. Thousands of years with their pyramids, with mm-hmm. their with right. with, the, with their astronomy, which is correct, the precision of their astronomy, and it's enough to to uh, it's enough to shut sh- uh, um, shutter your druid marrow. This is this is big <laughs> stuff. This is this is ancient, and so you get these these influences and this attitude. These the the mélange. Let's use a foreign word uh the the mixture of this these attitudes which are not simply torpedos los progressive profit yeah it has nothing to do with eating your neighbor alive yes mm. means yes different language so i wanted mm-hmm. to you know i thought well this is a, i don't play golf somebody asked if i would do this record would i do a record for her i, I told her i couldn't get anybody interested. In 78, Codger Rocker, called Hero of the Sixties, who wants to do poetry from from Southern Mexico. It's something that record executives run from in terror.
1: Mm. Oh, no question. Poetry records?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so there I was. And guess what? By the luck of the draw, someone called me who heads a new record company called Modern Music. I looked at his credential in, in Berlin. I said, what are you doing? And I told him this. And my wife and I had sunk about all we had. We don't have a savings account, so I didn't have to worry about depleting that. But it was it was nip and tuck Mm. to do a record with no patron. So we're people of no property, but plenty of but I got plenty of something. Mm -hmm. And 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 we got we got I got about 12 songs done to some great degree of satisfaction. And I thought this is really a very nice introduction. I should meet this girl
1: someday. We've never met, and you still haven't met. No, okay. and
0: I can imagine. See, see, guys, we are very plain people. I want all I want, and it, and it, and one of the one of the mantras has to be at my age, if not now, when I want to be. Mm. I want to be at an after concert party holding high-quality finger food from the Mediterranean after a party, after a concert in Barcelona where I did a piano solo and two for this girl with the orchestrations I've provided. I'd like my wife and me to get, I'd say, two round-trip business tech class tickets to Barcelona.
1: Hey! Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That's that's how things happen. You have to formulate the vision. You did it because you, you loved what you do, and you loved what she did, and you just wanted to do it, and you kind of had to do it, maybe. I mean, if we're serious musicians, it has to it has to be the love of the music first. It has to be in your heart. Yeah. It can't just be dollar signs. I mean, everybody wants to make a dollar.
0: That's <laughs> right? true. But the fact, no, but I do like it. I, I want it to be absolutely appealing. So I like it to no be. question. I mean, to me, this music is somewhat intoxicant. It, it is. Uh, to me, I, remind, I might as well face it. It will be accused of being exotica or like, you know, Martin, Danny. Uh, that might come to mind or something. But, you know, the fact is, it's a beautiful, beautiful parallel universe. And um, I was just amazed. So it's beautiful to behold. Once you get that, that's a good thing. There's nothing really to think about. There's nothing complicated about it. It is folk music, and but I'll tell you, and under that whole thing, because, of course, Phil Oaks said, in such ugly times, the only true protest is beauty. And I thoroughly believe that. You and Phil Oaks were kind of close, weren't you? Uh, we honestly, I felt a great fidelity. I felt like a brother to Phil when we were together for uh several years now phil oak's best work of course i feel was as soloistic with a guitar i mean that that is to me that is he died uncorrupted Mm -hmm. i'm so sad about that Mm -hmm. yeah But, but he was right to say to that he had an appreciation of beauty, and he insisted on an orchestra, and that's how we got involved. To be known to uh, that I that I knew, but we were neighbors, you see, and we spent a great deal of time. Mm. He would come over and look at the Zapruder film with me. You see, I had the only copy in L.A. Before, when the Freedom of Information Act. I through it, I got the Zapruder film, and I had a Boyou projector with sixteen millimeter, and I could uh, blow up, and I could, and I could freeze frame. On the uh, uh, on the assassination of JFK, and wow. we would sit there and we would look at it. And he brought over the people like, uh, you know, uh, Paul Krasner and then that group of uh, Chicago rock. Yeah, that was a thing. This, uh, but you see, I believe that Phil Oaks was right. I diverged, of course. I often do, but the thing is, beyond the search for to make something beautiful after such. A ruggedly informed optimism. These have been dark times. Mm -hmm. Time to be angry. Time for rage. If you want it, want to be, if you want rage, we know we see it all over the place. We see that in the audience of Skrillex, for example, for whom I work for one thing in mind. Not that I was too good for this punk, but I (laughs) hope to deserve him. I hope to deserve him. And I'll tell you why. Because when he called me, he had just done a concert with 150,000 enraged European youth disenfranchised, never to work hopelessly in a rage, Social victims of some mismanagement of our economy, uh, income disparity, etc.
1: So you see, I. Well, and I've got to just interject quickly. I listened to that. It was called Orchestral Suite, and it says Bivarian when you look it up. And it's it was on an EP that he put out, and it's your arrangement. Mm. It's unbelievable. I mean, I don't know what he normally does because I don't follow that. But what you did. Uh, what did he call it? I wrote it out. It's pretty sure it's Skrillex Orchestral Suite, quote, unquote, Bivarian, V-A-R-I-E-N. And then it says it was arranged by you. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. There is a case
0: in point what that what what it's what motivates you one to try to make the world better see so what what motivated is this this sense of rage and so the question there I came to the like Yogi Berra I came to the fork of a road and I had to take it I'm either too good for this man or I hope I am good enough for this man who is leading these hopeless people somewhere Mm -hmm. am I going to give them all my means of empowerment, what I can bring to them
1: array. Well, you sure brought it, man. You, you brought your skill to that arrangement. It, it blew my mind. No, no, let me tell you something. No, It was his, it generos-
0: his generosity and courage reckless of him. And I'll tell you something. Uh, we uh, the orchestra was so large, so we did the Capitol Building, another you know, famous, famous one, round one, and then they, they had the big studio where Sinatra and all those people did. But yeah. we had to open up the the wall to the next studio. The orchestra was so big. Wow! And I was quite scared. You see, I was always, I have always been very careful, lest my ambition outreach my ability. I feel very modest about my my ability because, quite frankly, I'm surrounded by giants and always have been all my life. People of greater ability musically. So there it is, you see, it, was, uh, th- it is what motivates the job. And in this, this case, it is the Browning of America, something which we have to take seriously in an age of, of vote recounts gentlemen in an age when we're praying that we need one more board member on axon to believe that the, that we have, a problem with our climate. Now, there are reasons for hope. And I see them by this new administration, which invites questioning. But my my concern is a very small one. I'm just an amoeba. And I tell you, I know it. But I'm part of a process that is concerned for with the the tremendous destruction, the rapidity of destruction of the variety of life and its expressions as we live. Species, extinction, and I'm telling you, cultural ec- uh, extinction and language extinction. These are the things that concern me. What bothers me is the, the plight of the monarch butterfly, uh, 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 ecology, uh, uh, the generational war, which has only been, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg from Greater Thun- Thunberg. And I'm on greater side. On all of this, I'm hugging the tree. I'm sorry. And I'm looking. And when I hear a poet from the Yucatan who wonders if I might put some, some ropes around her to give her music a, a pedestal, that is to get a, violin, a, a string section around her, I'm not too busy. I don't play golf. As a matter of fact, the last time I hit two good balls was when I stepped on the garden rake this morning.
1: try the veal i'm here all week (laughs) so i became aware of you when i was pretty young i was probably about eight because i saw your name as a guest musician on the back of the birds record fifth dimension on the song 5d right there it said Van Dyke Parks, and I can't remember if it said that you played Oregon or what, but your name was on that record, and that's such a rare thing. I mean, I can only think of, uh, the only parallel would be when the Beatles said, the Beatles with Billy Preston on the Get Back single. <laughs> yeah, You know, yeah. seriously, normally a session musician never got like a billing like that, so they must have really respected you, um, and you have the distinction of playing on an un- an- unquestionably crucial role in three different ways in three of my favorite songs of all time that's one of them i love five deeds roger mcguinn's finest moment i think as a lyricist and the melody's great
0: absolutely i agree
1: i mean it swings like a pendulum you know that six eight groove and the, the lyrics are fantastic it's a great song your organ and it kind of sneaks in on that last verse and then it kind of overtakes the song at the end it's fabulous and real Garth. Yeah. What? By the way, I've just got to ask, what kind of organ was that? It was a B three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's fantastic. One of my favorite tracks. And then, as the as the lyricist on the supernaturally fantastic "Surfs Up." I was reading about that song years before I ever heard it in some weird rock book that I had gotten from the neighbor across the street that was talking about the making of the Smile record, which had not come out, and I was so intrigued by it, and when those songs started kind of dribbling out on those late 60s Beach Boys records, like Cabin Essence, which, praise be, what a fantastic melody and lyric, And, and Surf's Up, to me, is... It's got to be, it's one of my five greatest songs I've ever heard in my life. It was great. It's fantastic. So, but I got to say one thing and you, can you tell us the story and let's, let's just call you uh, on one of my other favorite songs. And it happens to be a Beach Boys song too. Let's call you cello advisor on a song. Can you explain to us how you got to that session when you, when you were doing good vibrations and you suggested the, the triplets?
0: Yeah, I was around, I was hanging around uh on uh, this I think that sound was still being uh uh what he concocted that is uh and I remember then that's when I was I met Brian and then uh he asked me to be lyricist for him uh, when he, he said we would work together it was obvious I was going to do the lyrics and he was going to do the music but I had different instrumental ideas than he did and that's why the the cellist, I mean although he had used harmonica in a brilliant way. He treated harmonica at the top uh, like, uh, he treated it like a woodwind. He'd yeah. include it in the woodwinds, have it articulate the woodwinds, and it, eventually, I believe it even had triadic relationship with the woodwinds, and uh, that was very, very, uh, that was very sensible to treat. The, it was Tommy Morgan, by the way, who has hung it up after a stroke, and then, then the Bass, of course, the bass harmonica was a great deal and and that was especially punctuated uh, in pet sounds. That reminded us of Johnny Paleo the Harmonic Cats, whose original Peg of My Heart, only three harmonicas provided that hit. The, the chromatic, the chord and the bass. So any American would have embraced that, although it was a German instrument, a Mahona. Uh The fact is it American co- America co-opted it as much as the Brits did the blues. You know, I mean, all of a sudden it was our lingua franca, and then it's our instrument. It was what they took to gold, gold uh, to find the gold uh, in California. They had the harmonica with them, but the the thing is, um, I didn't wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, but it seemed to me that he was inviting my interest in the music too and I remember on good vibrations being on the floor of the organ for the for the for the long long chords in the middle of the piece when everything gotta keep them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, and you, yeah. Hear the, and you hear this truck stop jukebox uh waterbed kind of like coming like a rhino in estrus to you coming for this huge bottom and i was on the floor uh Shit. holding the po- foot pedals down of the organ to a switch. just what that was what he wanted so i did it i remember that wow. and then for some reason and i think it's my power of suggestion and he could he also he could allow i could be the bad cop you know, I could help him uh, do things that were uh, beyond the parameters of the group, and I told him that he ought to uh, uh, use he ought to accent the, those triplets you were talking about the triplets in yeah. a piece before I forget which one you were talking. Oh, uh, yeah, Jim yeah, good McQuinn's, vibrations, Roger do- yeah. yeah. So the point is the tri- and the a really uh, very very uh, persuasive rhythms in in twelve uh, eight, of course. Um, from the Perry Mason theme to Night in the City by Joni Mitchell. And there's just so many great uh, 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 Stevie Wonder songs. A lot of shuffles have been very successful. Well, they win every time. Well, uh, So I said, you know, I think you ought to have the bass line kind of like accent, you know, because he had the Dan Electro. That was a, the instrument of choice to um, to accent the bass, to give the bass uh, some punctuation the Dan electro it was like a muted guitar and I said right. I think you ought to use a cello on the on uh, on the, on the uh, bass for the and so the cellos came to the session. Jesse Ehrlich was his name uh, he was probably in his 60s by then had seen it all he, he, he felt and uh, <laughs> of course he had because he'd been a great, great or probably a member of the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra or maybe anyway, Jesse Ehrlich was sitting there with a music stand in front of him. There was no music on it and I went into the session and I do not know why I was invited or uh, anything about it. I do know that uh, it was time to record and I said Brian, tell him fundamentals Eighth notes, secco, means dry, arco, which means by the boat. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Ryan pushed the control booth, control booth, talk back to the studio where Jesse was looking up quizzically with no music.
1: Wondering what to do.
0: Yeah. And and uh, Brian says, Jesse Van Dyke says barco. <laughs> so Jesse looks at Brian. He says, Barco? <laughs> you know, I never
1: heard Barco. <laughs> so
0: we, we finally got that ironed out. And of course, when Mike Love heard it, he said, Who's going to play the cello? Well, of course, now it seems to me the brand has learned that you can play those notes on a guitar too. It's no yeah. big deal. It's no big deal. Right. So, I mean, and let's face it, it was, it turned out to be, yeah, in my vanity, I believe, I like to characterize it as, uh, if synesthetically, uh, if, I'd say like it's like the ruby slippers was to the Wizard of Oz. It's a signature thought. It's a signature Dude. thought. Up. Oh, no question. And Brian and Brian realized that, and he brought that thing right in the face so powerful it was that I remember when they first played this piece, Good Vibration, on the Lloyd Thaxton show, uh, one of those dance shows like Dick Clark and L.A. Yeah. and they played it, and some com- I was with, in a room when the, one of the promotion men, these small-minded guys, uh, payola guys, he looked at another guy and said, when they when the dancers started <laughs> falling apart on the dance floor in the middle of Good Vibration, he looked at this other guy and said, my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course,
1: dancing. Yeah, you fun- can't dance. though no. yeah. <laughs> dancing is all about it. But anyway, that changed history. That's a masterpiece.
5: 10cc dared to do a six minute song called I'm Not in Love, right in the middle of the disco phase, and Bee Gees doing Saturday Night Fever. So, if a song is beautiful and a song works, it's going to find
1: a home. That's nice. Yeah, that's got to be one of the most popular Beach Boy songs ever. I mean, now he, here's something that I read back in the day was that he worked on that that song alone, which was the first song after Pet Sounds that he was toiling with, that he worked on that sucker for six months, that he recorded it at three different studios, re-recorded it, changed it around. I think the, I think the total expenses of that single
0: were $63,000, which was a fortune at that time. For a
1: single, wow! Yeah, for so a he, single, he, he spent a little. He spent a little time on that, for sure.
0: Yeah, he did. And I, but I
1: tell you, I just look and just to, uh, to
0: tie it off with a bow, and I think it deserves one. Fact is, uh, I was fortunate to have met Brian. I worked for Brian Wilson. I enjoyed it immensely. It really took me places I never thought I would go. It was not all. Uh, all roses a lot of it was very difficult but it was a wonderful experience that we like we all shared with this tremendously um interesting backstory of brian wilson his personality his personal dilemmas and so forth and victories but his right. music is his music so i was very 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 fortunate it's almost like i found what i wanted to which was to see if I could connect with music that mattered to a lot of people. And it turned out that it did. And that made no me question. feel good that I'd gotten out of the black and white shadows of my conservatory.
5: I'm going to say, though, as much as you revere those, that relationship, the benefit, I think, sw- swung both ways. I think he gleaned in a, an immense amount of who you are. And your input, I think you underplay that by the way you're describing that relationship.
0: No, 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 no. I'm I'm not underplaying. I'm just saying I was lucky, a
5: ma- man. I remember. So was he though?
0: Remember that line? Di da da di da da di dum is a, a, a French horn lick on yeah on heroes and villains. Yeah, yeah. He gets to the end of it and he, and I had Adam had him add the flutter tone, of course, because he hadn't been around the flutter tone.
5: Uh-huh. He'd been too
0: busy with the Beach Boys that he didn't know them. F- so I got ch- a chance to do little things mm. that added a decorative value. But yeah. that's, but still, you know. But the point is, and then you look at and you look at the collaborative value of all the people that worked with Brian. The fact is, music is wonderful when it's collaborative. It doesn't have to be. A lot sure. of people
5: do some shit by themselves. I mean, amazing. For someone like you, that had, I think it was seventy-seven credits on song cycle alone, you clearly do feel collaboration is is a treat. Yeah, you you have sur- surrounded yourself with some pretty amazing people, but they've had the same fortune
1: to have worked. No question with you. Yeah. How about Harry Nilsson? He was a close friend of yours, wasn't he? Yeah, I keep his uh, picture up with. His, I was with him
0: and Ringo, my good friend Ringo Starr, who told me. Don't you just hate it when people name drop? Anyway. (laughs) But so.
1: If you're going to name drop, buddy, go all the way. That's right. (laughs) He goes man.
0: Everybody should do Job 101 with Harry Nelson. Is anybody should listen to, I think, is it Open the Window? Is it?
1: Open the Window, guys? I don't know. It has to do with The Window. Is this an early one from the... Early. The Panda... What, what was that first record that he had? I don't the, know. I don't know I'm at a loss. But it's the one the Beatles went nuts on and became Harry Nelson. Oh,
0: no, no. It's it just uh, that, that thing about The Window. That, this kid, Salmon Falls started with a matchbook. Him and... Uh, a lyric, him and Klaus Vormann, who did the cover by the way, for the yep. record called Only in America That Everyone Should Bite. That's right. Everyone should buy the damn record to support the starving artists. And and push us Amen. all in the black black ink and so that I don't wake up with a horse's head on my pillow tomorrow morning. <laughs>
1: Nobody wants that. Was that was that a good vlogging? <laughs> the, the horse's head,
5: yeah. <laughs> Very subtle, and, and all- turn it into the Godfather.
0: I <laughs> don't want right. the horse's head on my pillow. Fans, please buy the damn record. It's buy the record, damn you. And the cover, and I'm not kidding. Was done with the genius of, of Klaus Forman. He did a great. We all we all looked at that. It's, it's beautiful. We were looking at
5: it, yeah, and it, it even it has a nice nod to was that Husak? What's the name of the the famous uh, Japanese the revolver? Yeah, the revolver album is what made me say that's definitely Klaus. No, I
0: don't know the Japanese. But the
5: wave, the wave to the right.
0: Oh no, 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 absolutely.
5: Husakusai. He's got he's got
0: the, Yeah, he's got the Asiatic waves. Got the he's got the bite of the waves. And I tell you, and I like the way that the hair itself goes to the harp strings. Now, this is the hand of an eighty-year-old man, and I want to tell you, Vorman is a genius, and he's a genius, a genius. He can remember and make a photorealistic shot of memory. Wow! He, as he did with with Nilsen at the uh, throat uh, at the throat doctors, he can. I have a few uh, Vorman things sketches from the five months we spent together in Malta. to filming the pic, uh, picture popeye five months to the day what, would, what did you do with the popeye film uh there there is a record album out called the soundtrack to popeye which is a very okay very interesting because it's got liner notes that have all the dirt about uh, all of the whole situation oh really uh, oh yeah warts and all so lots of fun Lots of good gossip. And, and that's it. And believe me and believe, and it's got, and it's got the uh, demo. And that's Nelson on there too. No, it's got Nelson's Nil- all over it. Nelson's all over it. My orchestrations, uh, the, uh, the, the, the demo sessions, the, wow. whole thing. Nice. The, the Popeye soundtrack. So I was there. I, I had uh, been there at the demo each, every, every single demo session playing mm. piano, you know, thinking up a chord here or there or something. And, um, that's what would happen. And with Doug Dillard sometimes and Jim Keltner, maybe. Boy, that must have been a hoot. Or maybe just Harry and me. And, and then we could get in Robin or Shelly or do something. Or Harry would sing songs. And then I'd play accordion and Doug would play banjo. And it's a lot of fun because the banjo gave it a like an old chanty in old chantytown. Yeah. And then D- Dillard asked Doug Dillard how fast he was. He said, I can see a germ. <laughs> he, he, was, he was amazing. He has died. He was, <laughs> he was a party in Seoul, wasn't he? <laughs> he? He was a brilliant, brilliant American uh, uh, Smithsonian. Yes, yeah, stuff in the Smithsonian that pertains to Dillard. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And then we and I, so I did all of that. And then I went then I uh, uh, one time uh, Harry asked me if I would go to Malta. I said, no, thanks. I don't want to go to Malta to, to be during the shoot. But uh, and be in a band on it, you know, pretend that we're playing music in a, in a film at a saloon. No, I don't want to do that. So I was talking with Doug a few days later and Doug called me, aren't you coming to Japan? I said, I, well, why would I want to do that? He said, well, I don't know. They're going to give us, you know, twenty five hundred dollars a week and then then expen- all expenses. And this and-. I, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I called back Robert. Alvin. I said, act. I thought you said schmacked. Uh. And so so I I ended up going with my wife and we had a we had a, a beautiful daughter on Malta. She's a Maltese American citizen. Oh, well, wow. no. Nice. And um, so what can I tell you? So now it comes time for me to do a, a record album with this girl from the from Veracruz, Veronica Valeria, only in America on modern music. And so I said, so I said, plug that uh, thing. Yes. Yeah. So I said, Klaus, will you please do the cover? And he and he said, Well, what do you want? I said, Well, I would like you know, I wanted to look like a Haitian postcard. I want extreme, extremely contrasting colors, a violent, violent action on the on the retina. I mean, to total like Rousseau on a, on a on a great clip. Instead of the tropicality, he brought me this sober. Uh, very severe, cover. Yeah, and very analytical and very insightful, but still whimsical. Oh yeah, no, it's he's yeah. so sweet. Anyway, this giant
1: Klaus Bormann. Yeah, what a great bass player too, man. I mean, oh good no, no, Lord.
0: no Matt, everything about him, everything about him. Oh, yeah. everything. the guy is just so enduring. I just love him with all my heart, and uh, he has really illuminated my life in many ways he had done the cover for a record i did with a guatemalan girl by the name of gabby moreno called spangled he put the two of us on the front he did he did he did the front of a single i did of the all golden and it's on song cycled as well a plural i did it years later just just to confuse myself make it a little harder for me to find out where anything was and on your your
1: live record which i listened to
0: last night that's very cool too The best performance is on that that record called Songs Cycled, and it's just solo, it's just piano voice, but he put, in no time flat, I mean, I'm talking within, within 48 hours, he provided an oil. He said, what do you want it to be? He said, what is the song about? I said, well, I don't know. It's about the vastness. Of, I mean, I'm just trying to capture the agrarian reality, American, the American century, the 19th century, the, the, you know, the conquest of the, the uh, you know, the, the fields and so and uh, Just endless fields, golden. So, that's what it's, and he came back with that endless field and a hawk eye view of a man down below in the at an irreducible minimum at a piano at a grand piano in overalls. Man, he reduced me to almost nothing in this great expanse. It was so That's awesome. I mean, I'm sorry. What was the title again?
1: Yeah, I need to see that.
0: That's called the All Golden. I mean it's in, it's in, it's, it's, it's the artwork for a, for a single I did. Um uh, for 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 Bella for Bella Union, which is an English company, and um, I want to tell you, I'm, i it, this is just to punctuate the fact that I know an artist by the name of Klaus Fohrman, a graphic artist like Klaus Fohrman, and we are like brothers. He is, I guess, he's 81 now. I treasure him. He he is so famous for having done the Revolver cover, uh, and he and he did not uh, miss a shot on this one. Just one of the great artists that I have ever met. Yeah,
5: it's, it's very, very cool. It's a beautiful cover.
0: Isn't it sweet? Like, yeah, immediate. And that, that's after I saw that the Klaus had been in a coma for five days. You see, I just had found that out. Wow. His wife left him to go skiing. She left him at the door. He dropped there. She came back after four days, actually, and for two more days. Took him to the hospital. He was dehydrated. Of course, he was in a coma. And he was out of this world for six days. Wow. Can you imagine?
1: Oh, God bless him.
0: I had no other choice about who would do my album or, or my single cover or anything. And instead of saying, oh, let's let the man relax. No. Hop on it. Yeah, man. It's called alacrity. It means a cheerful immediacy. Yeah. Why use a simple
5: word? No, it's a lovely word.
0: Why use a simple word? Alacrity. Um, it just is uh, a cheerfulness and an immediate and just and and brilliant. And, you know, it's like. And he also wrote an essay in that same collection of singles on Bella Union, and songs cycled, and in it he talked about running down the street of Berlin with his mother and four siblings. Pushing the baby carriage as the uh, Russian bombs dropped overhead to the buildings around them. He talked about that wow. and stuff. And we have a great, enduring friendship that I wanted to see a part of our American experience. And um, uh, multinational search for a better, more understanding world, one that's more at ease with the very idea that survival depends on the power to adapt to new information creatively. And the reason that I chose music, so I was the fourth boy, and they had whipped me into being a doctor or something of immediate service beyond the purpose of music and to heal and console. And so I find myself not a a muralist. I wanted to be, everybody wants to be Mozart. Some people are said to be Mozart. There was only one Mozart. There is only one Bach, and without him, it's a rather barren day. But the fact is, I have my grandfather's piano. It came into the Parks family on March eleventh, 1911. I'm the fourth boy. How did I get it from... North Carolina and Florida and Pittsburgh and Mississippi. How did it hit all these bases and arrive in my home in Los Angeles? It's a matter of wonder that it still exists on its three legs. But I have at it every day, that Steinway. Music is all I know. Everything else is stammering, and you guys have been most generous. I hope your friends will forgive me. But I want to hasten you all to get me some black ink at Modern Music in Berlin. They'd be real impressed if people will buy my new work called Only in America with a poetess of the Yucatan, Veronica Valerio. I feel like I'm a very lucky man.
5: It's our fortune today to spend this time with you, too. You
1: have to know. It's an honor. Oh, guys. Hey, where are you all, by the way? What towns? Indiana. Indiana. Hillbillies in Indiana. (laughs) Well, speak speak for yourselves. (laughs) Okay, Canadians in Indiana. And well, I'm I'm getting
5: there now. I'm I'm getting awful close now. Where are you? You're in Canada. I'm actually Canadian, but my daughters live here in Indiana, so I moved down to be closer to them. Uh, As I tell the boys here, I'm building a home in Indiana for the price of a a driveway
1: in Toronto. We're turning him into a hillbilly. Yes, we are.
0: I understand that that I am a Somewhat removed cousin of James Whitcomb Riley, Mm. and uh, that is is my mother's second cousin, I believe. Wow, my brother's name was Benjamin Riley, and so yeah, uh, Raggedy Ann, Raggedy Andy, come on, yeah, 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 there
4: you go. Yeah, I actually live in Greenfield, Indiana, so that's the home of James Whitcomb Riley. Wow. Well, let's see.
0: That's um heavy stuff. Let's let's just let me do something entirely unoriginal. This is just something that occurred to me. I love bass lines that go somewhere. This one is written by two black Americans, a hymn, in uh, I believe 1912. It's called Lift Every Voice and Sing. <laughs>
1: beautiful yeah beautiful wow and something wow yeah private concert van dyke parks right here (laughs) (laughs) fantastic man it's awesome love it
0: that's a warning that's we better be brothers folks brothers and sisters all right i'm gonna leave you i'm gonna go off to my my uh my
1: chores van dyke it's been uh it's been a pleasure man yes it has god bless you very generous. Uh, you 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 are thank you for for sixty years of fantastic work of in all genres and ways that it's it's hard to even describe Thank
0: you. Well if we have much to do, well, we better hasten to it. I'm here to serve.
5: I'm on your team. You're an inspiration, man. Always have been. Okay, keep the light on. I'll be back. Be okay. okay. Take care. Bye, then.
0: Top tech companies like Intel have a secret to their success. They get the best talent, reliable infrastructure, and save on costs by expanding in Ohio, the new Silicon Heartland. Learn how your business can succeed in Ohio. Visit successinohio.com.
2: By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot.